Some audio recordings from the SBF FTX trial from Carolyn Ellison. And when you hear these audio clips, you're going to be blown away. These audio clips are probably going to put SBF in jail for a long time. I'm going to play you a little, little, little teaser just so you know more or less what we're going to be talking about today. Ventures, investments, et cetera. Uh, and then with crypto being down, the crash, the like credit crunch this year, most of Alameda's loans got called in order to like meet those loan recalls. We ended up like borrowing a bunch of funds on FTX, which led to FTX having a shortfall in user funds. And so with the, once there started being like fun about this and users started withdrawing funds, uh, they kind of eventually were realizing that they were unable to, not going to be able to meet like. So we've got the audio recording. We're going to be talking about the audio recording. I also want to talk about some other things. First of all, I want to talk about the Bitcoin price and why the Bitcoin price hasn't responded to the big news on Friday that the SEC isn't actually going to challenge Grayscale's dis- the, the Grayscale decision. We've got to talk about that. Also, more DeFi news on the weekend, two bits of DeFi news on the weekend that, that I want to discuss with you. And then I want to talk to you about Kathy Woods' um, scenarios for Bitcoin because she says in her best case scenario, we get a $1.48 million per Bitcoin by 2030. Now, it's not that far away. It's like we're going into 2024 next year. Then uh, in the bear case scenario, 682,800. And then in in her worst case scenario, we still get a 10x from where we are today. So we're going to talk about how she actually got those numbers and what those numbers actually mean. Listen, I felt like hanging out on the weekend on our new channel. So if you're here, let's have some fun. Let's do this. All right, weekend time, but we're back. We're going to have, uh, have some fun here today. We're going to do some Q&A. We're just going to chill here. We're going to have some fun here on Banter Plus, which is our new channel. Listen, if you're not already subscribed to Banter Plus, we, we have 74,522 subscribers. Oh, 536 subscribers. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to this channel because this is, this is where we're going to bring you a whole lot of content that you can't get on the main channel. And eventually, this channel is going to be pay-gated. And... Um, if you're in before the pay gate, well, then you're in for life. So this is going to be uh, amazing. So listen, smash the like button, share this as much as possible. This is our new channel. The, one of the reasons why I came on today was to bring you guys into Banter Plus on our new channel. As you can see, corner of the screen, I'm watching the number of subscribers. Let's try and get those subscribers up. Let's see, let's try and get those subscribers up. I've got a lot to talk about. Uh, let's we can just check on the bubbles before we start the actual formalities of today's show. So let's just... See, one thing I love about the bubbles is that what, what is CPRC and why is it up 500% today? But if you don't like that, you just bang and then everything just pop the bubbles. And then, of, of course, you've got the news feed over here, which tells you if anything's happened in the last couple of minutes. Um, okay, so, wow, okay, I see they're posting my own tweets here in the, in, the, in, in, the, in the news. All right, so I see the bubbles, a few green, a few red. I mean, in general, I think we're doing okay. I think we're going to try, we're going to make a, a go for the 27,000. I was quite surprised we didn't make that go much, much, much earlier because um, if you think about it, we had some big news on, on, on Friday. And the news that we got was that the SEC is not going to be appealing the decision that the court made in the, G- when, in the Grayscale case. Now, I'll remind you what the Grayscale case was about. Grayscale took the SEC to court and told the SEC that they can't treat a Bitcoin futures ETF different from a Bitcoin spot ETF because they're very, very, very similar. And what they said to the SEC, they said, how can you approve a Bitcoin futures ETF and then 
and then not approve a Bitcoin spot ETF. And then what happened was the court said that the SEC is acting in a capricious manner. And capricious, for those of you who don't know what it means, it means when you, you, you do things uh, randomly without, actual, without an actual uh, basis for doing it. They had until Friday to appeal the decision. And what we got on Friday was we got news that they well, I asked you guys first, would they appeal? 58.8% said no, and I'll talk to you about that in a second. But we got news on Friday, close of business, that the SEC has decided not to appeal the Grayscale Court victory in the battle to convert its trust into a Bitcoin ETF. Um, the SEC will now have to approve Bitcoin's ETF, but if it can't find new reasons to delay or deny. So that's the thing. So let's talk about what the SEC's motives could have been for not actually pursuing the case. Motive number one is that they're actually just about to approve Bitcoin ETFs anyway. And they're saying, look, if we're going to approve Bitcoin ETFs anyway, then what's the difference? Let's just approve Grayscale's ones, Grayscale's ones too. Option number two is a slightly different option. And that is that the SEC says, hold on a second. We're not going to, to challenge the Grayscale decision because we don't have any legal legs to stand on that show that a Bitcoin futures ETF is actually very different from a Bitcoin spot ETF. Therefore, it's pointless to appeal this decision, but, 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 we can decline it for, we can decline it for another reason. We can decline the, the, the Bitcoin spot ETF for another reason, and we're going to delay this anyway. So, well, that's what we're going to do. Option number three is that they're going to make Grayscale reapply. And that'll take another 240 days. And that gives the SEC uh, a, a time to do what needs to happen. I'm speculating and, and I'm in the same boat that the Bloomberg analysts are in. Um, well, let me just tell the people that I'm actually alive. I'm, I'm speculating. I'm in the same boat that the Bloomberg analysts are in um, that the reason why they did this is because they're about to approve a, um, a Bitcoin spot ETF anyway. And they're saying, look, if we're about to approve a Bitcoin spot ETF anyway, then why is it that we should decline this? Uh, why, why should we deny or why should we decline uh, this one? We're about to approve it anyway. It could happen before the end of the year. The Bloomberg analysts, the, the two Bloomberg analysts who have been quite correct up until now, they've said that they have about a 90% certainty that we're actually going to get a, um, a Bitcoin spot ETF before the 10th of January. They're talking about getting a, a Bitcoin spot ETF before the 10th of January. And I'll tell you why I think that's super, super, super exciting. I see, I see there are some people subscribing. Let's, let's see if we can get the subscribers up to 75,000 today uh, live on the show. So go, go, go. Let's see if we can go. We've got 430, 436 subs to go. So why is the, the SEC, why is the Bitcoin ETF important? Because I want you to hear Kathy Woods talking about, um, she was doing it on another podcast, um, I want you guys to hear what Kathy said about her base case for how Bitcoin can get to $1.48 million uh, in by 2030. So let's quickly go there. The bear case is 258000 per Bitcoin. The base case, 682000 And the bull case, $1.48 million. As your so you, you heard it. Like, I mean... The base case, 258,000. Base case, if you hold your Bitcoin till 2030, this is her base case, 10x. Mid base case, um, 30x. And best case or bullish case, 60x from where we are today in, in six years. Now, that's not a bad return on investment. Granted, it's probably not the best. It's not as comparable to Bitcoin's past returns. But remember, now Bitcoin is a much more institutional asset. 
a much more widely accepted asset. So let's listen to how she got to her numbers and you'll see why the ETF is so important. Price target. Can you talk to me a little bit about how your team uh, reached this conclusion? Because folks out there, again, they think they're late, but this shows that, I mean, the compounded growth rate every single year, they're very, very early and this has a huge asymmetric potential. Yes, if you look at the little table on that page, uh, you'll see the building blocks and how conservative they are. Uh, I think, now this is from memory, and uh, sometimes I get one big ideas uh, and another uh, mixed up, but I think the institutional allocation to Bitcoin in the base case, uh, I know at one point we said two and a half percent, that may have gone down a little, but uh, if we're right, if we're right, that assumption alone, I have been in the markets for a long time, and as new asset classes evolve, uh, what institutions do in particular is they tiptoe in, they start with 1%, and, uh, and, then, they, uh, and then they migrate to two, uh, and then they migrate to five. So I think in this one, it's two and a half percent for the base case. Uh, when there's a new asset class, it tends to end up in the five to six percent range. This happened uh, to real estate. Uh, it happened to private equity, venture capital, which is now much more than six uh, percent in many institutional uh, funds. Uh, it happened to the whole category of uh, emerging markets. Uh, and so uh, I, I think it's that that one alone is very conservative. Uh, so you see, so what Kathy would saying, she's saying, look, when you open up the institutional gates here, then initially they're going to put in 1%, then they're going to put in 2%, and then they're going to put in 5%. Now let's just understand, BlackRock has $10 trillion of assets under management. They put 1% of their assets into it. That's, what's it, $100 billion. And then 2%, and then 4%, and 5%. And that's just how it keeps growing. Now, up until now, if you've been these institutions that actually allocate capital, you don't really have a, a, um, uh, a way to invest in Bitcoin. Yes, you can open an account on Coinbase, but most institutions can't really open accounts on Coinbase. They just don't have the mandate to open accounts on Coinbase. Okay, so then you say, okay, well, I won't open an account on Coinbase. I'll buy the Bitcoin futures ETF. Problem is that if you buy the Bitcoin futures ETF, your return is lower than the return of Bitcoin and you're not actually holding any Bitcoin. So... These institutions need the ETF to get approved. And when that ETF is actually approved, and it's, it's now really becoming a case of when, because what I also read this weekend from the same uh, Bloomberg analysts is that they're actually in, engaging with all the, um, the, the filings of the people that have, all the institutions that have actually filed. They're actually engaging one by one by each, each person, each company that's filed an application for an application for a Bitcoin uh, ETF, a spot ETF, and they're adjusting the applications. And that's usually something that you do before you're going to approve something. It's not something that you do when you're not going to approve something. So very, very, very good news. And remember that when there's a spot ETF, it becomes a fully institutionalized asset. When it is a fully institutionalized asset, then 1%, then 2%, and then maybe even 5% into the crypto category. So it's good for everything in crypto. It's not only good for Bitcoin, 
it's great for Bitcoin. But after that, we're going to start talking about an Ethereum ETF. We're going to start talking about Solana ETF. We're going to be talking about a whole lot of other ETFs. So this is a massive hurdle. And I think we're very, 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 very close. I agree before the 10th of January. I think it's going to be way sooner than that. I think it's going to be way sooner than that. I'm going to get, we're going to get ourselves a surprise. And then uh, from there, let's see what happens. All right, listen, guys, again, we are... Hold on, let me get a tissue. We are on the new channel, uh, Banter Plus. I'm going to be doing a lot of my streaming here on Banter Plus. So if you're not already a subscriber, join the 74,576 people who have subscribed, as you can see in the corner. Let's go. Let's join. Let's get the numbers up. Let's see if we can get up to 75,000 using just, just this single stream. I know we can do it. Uh, also, let me know in the comments if I keep the beard or if I lose the beard. Just let's run a poll. Should I keep the beard for this week or should I lose the beard uh, for this week? Um, I want to talk about DeFi news, but before I talk about DeFi news, I want to show you this. Um, very, very, very fucking excited for this. I'll tell you that. So here it is. After one year of prepping and filming and 10 years of trading, we have our very own Kyle Dupes launching his whale school this week on Monday. Tomorrow, we're launching whale school. Tomorrow, listen. This is where everything comes down to AT. This is where your success will be found within trading. This is a long race. It's an endurance race and not a sprint. You have to survive in order to be able to succeed. It was a big aha moment for me. Yeah, baby. All right, so listen. Kyle's school is launching tomorrow morning. But I have an allocation of 500 spaces that I can give to people. So guaranteed. Look, there's 2,000 spaces in school. I've got 500. Kyle's got 1,000. And the rest of the team has got 500 combined. Now... I've created a Telegram group for my applications. The Telegram group is full, but a lot of people drop out on, on, on the day of or whatever else, and then we can get new people in. So go to my Twitter. The pinned tweet on my Twitter, at CryptoManRun, is this tweet with the Telegram group on it. Go to that Telegram group. And when you've gone to that Telegram group, just get, get in there, and then you'll get the link tomorrow morning. As soon as that link drops, you guys are getting that link first, and we're going to get each and every one of you guys into well school. Now, look, if you don't get into the first one, if you don't get into the first well school, not the end of the world, but I'm going to be doing the first well school with you guys. So if you want to do it with me, you know where to go. Go to my Twitter. There's a pin tweet. That's what the pin tweet looks like. Here, there's a link to get into the Telegram group. Go to the Telegram group, and, um, and, and we'll do it. It's free. The first cohort is free. We may start charging later, but for now, the first cohort is free. So uh, let's, I mean, yeah, jump on. Let's go. All right, let's go into other DeFi news this weekend. We had um, two bits of DeFi news this weekend that I think we need to pay attention to. First bit of DeFi news this weekend, I think it was a nothing burger. It was that MetaMask was removed from the Apple App Store. A lot of people said, okay, well, that's malicious and it's Apple targeting MetaMask. It seems like it's a mistake because couple of minutes later, a couple of hours later, bang, MetaMask are back on the Apple App Store. So nothing happened. Calm down. Everybody get down to, to a panic, especially um, uh, uh, Adam Cochran. I mean, I'm sure he was panicking and, and whatever else. Um, so that happened. The other thing that happened, and you need to start paying very much attention. You need to start paying attention to this. It seems like Uniswap is preparing for mandatory KYC. Yeah, you, you're reading correctly. Even these DeFi protocols are going to start doing KYC. Why? Because... I keep saying this. Right now, as it stands, there's not, there's not really DeFi because the front end of the web, you can have a DeFi protocol, but the front end of the website that you interact with for the protocol, that front end of the website is centralized. It has an owner. It has a domain owner. You go to the domain companies and you can see who owns the domain. 
And that is who the SEC will start targeting. So now what the DeFi protocols are potentially starting to do, and again, this is speculation. It comes from, I think, certain pieces of code. Um, the emergence of a whitelist and KYC hooks in Uniswap v4 uh, hooks triggered community discussion and some criticism. So they are preparing for, for KYC. I've told, you this, I've told you guys this for a long time. That's why I kept saying to you guys, you need to be surfing using a VPN. If you're not using a VPN, they know exactly where you are and then they're going to start KYCing you. So example, let me show you. Like right now, I'm not using a VPN because I'm on the office laptop. And what you can see is that they know exactly where I am. They know exactly where I am. And so what I usually say is just for like $3 a month, just get, I'll show you how simple it is. You pay $3 a month. So that's, you pay the $3 a month. And then you get NordVPN. I'll show you quickly. I just want to show you how it works because a lot of people were asking, how does this thing actually work? So let me just find it here. Okay, so basically what happens is you take the VPN. Here it is. I'll just show you. I'm not going to connect because if, if I connect, it'll disconnect. You pick which country you want to be from. So let's say today I want to pretend I'm in Cyprus. I just press that button and then it connects me to the internet as if I'm in Cyprus. And then when the US authorities say, who is this IP address or who is this user? They say, ah, oh, some guy in Cyprus. Okay, Cyprus out of our domain. Okay, goodbye. Thanks. Um, yeah, cool. So that is the DeFi news that happened uh, this weekend. Um, now let's get to the fun and games. Now, let's quickly rewind our minds. Let's re rewind our minds. Let's rewind our minds to November last year, where CZ tweets out and he says, from, the, from buying out FTX, we have a whole lot of FTT tokens and we're going to start selling them onto the market. You remember that, right? You remember that was like the black day before the FTX collapse. So... You'll remember that what happened was Caroline said, sent a message to CZ and said, hey, CZ Binance, if you're looking to minimize the market impact on your FTT sales, Alameda will happily buy it all from you at $22. That was how the collapse of FTX actually started. So the first thing here we got is a government exhibit. And you can see a signal chat, which is a chat between Caroline Ellison and a whole lot of other people at FTX says, Think I'm going to tweet at CZ that we'll buy it all back at $22. Any objections? Someone called Ben, she says, I can imagine that hurting, that hurting might be better if the market is willing to buy for $22 rather than the fillet, but not strongly opposed. SBF says, I think the main point is just to counter the PR narrative here, yeah? and, and Binance probably won't take us up. And I also think for what it's worth that the market is likely to buy more if we tweet. I don't know. Caroline says, I'm about to tweet. FTT will go up. SBF says, guessing it makes sense to speed up freeing capital, seeing significant withdrawals. So they're in the middle of these significant withdrawals that are happening at the moment, and they're trying to manipulate the price. And that's, of course, when Caroline actually did send out that, that um, thing. Now, you'll remember what happened then was, a few days later, we, we didn't hear from SBF for like 24, 48 hours. And then all of a sudden, we heard from him, and he said he has come full circle Things have come full circle and FTX.com's first and last investors are the same. We have come to an agreement on the strategic transaction with Binance for FTX.com pending due diligence. That was what happened. And then what you remember is a few days later, CZ actually said, we're actually not uh, going to continue with this deal. The reason why we're not continuing is, we didn't give a real reason, but he just said, look, we're not continuing with this deal. So the big question is, what was going on at FTX? during the time that this was happening. What was going on there at FTX during the time that this was happening? And so what we managed to get you guys was we managed to get you guys a leaked audio recording 
of the conversation that Caroline was having with the FTX employees while this was all going down. Let me tell you, some of the stuff that you're going to hear here is absolutely ridiculously crazy. It's going to put people behind bars for long. Also, what you'll start seeing is that FTX was actually run by a bunch of babies. And I remember when we first saw this video, when we first saw... My name's Caroline, and today we're going to be talking about scary stories. You know, when you start out as like an intern and you, you know, do something and accidentally lose, you know, maybe a thousand dollars for your desk, you're like, oh God, like, everyone's going to hate me now. Like, this is terrible. <laughs> and uh, yeah, over time you have to uh, sort of, yeah, get comfortable. What you saw there was you saw how baby she was. And when you listen to this audio recording, you'll actually realize that FTX was run by a bunch of useless kids. That she was actually, we all thought that she was like maybe this semi-autistic, um, useless kid. Or, or no, very smart kid at the time. And now we realize that they were actually as useless as they came across. And like, th that's the crazy thing. So I want to spend some time actually going through this. Um, remember, smash the like button. Uh, also remember to subscribe to the channel. See, we are growing nicely. We said we're going to try to get to 75,000. There's 1,100 of you here. So try and get to, let's try and get all 400, 400 more subscriptions. That way we get to 75,000 subs and you help us on the new channel. Anyway, let's go through the... <laughs> okay, let's get started, I guess, and a bunch of people. Yeah, I guess I'll just start by saying some stuff and then you guys can feel free to ask questions. Yeah, so I guess you guys have probably... I mean, she starts, she starts the meeting while, like, she starts the meeting, she know, sounds very Twitter, nervous. But I could just, like, start by giving a general overview of the situation. I think the basic story here is that starting last year, Alameda was kind of borrowing a bunch of money via open-term loans and used that to make various illiquid investments. Um, so, like, a bunch of FTX and FTX US equity, a bunch of, like, other ventures, investments, et cetera. Uh, and then with crypto being down, the crash, the like credit crunch this year, most of Alameda's loans got called and in order to like meet those loan recalls, we ended up like borrowing a bunch of funds on FTX, which led to FTX having a shortfall in user funds. And so with the, once there started being like fun about this and users started withdrawing funds, uh, they kind of eventually were realizing that they were unable to not to be able to meet like the uh, continued withdrawal pressure. Um, and so reached out to various people, but ultimately like finance. <laughs> ultimately uh, finance and CZ were the, was the one who came through. This is the first meeting that they've got, it's an all hands meeting. Um, and yeah, the basic kind of structure of the offer is that finance would be acquiring FTX International and it would be kind of paying enough cash to cover the entire like shortfall of users. And this wouldn't include FTX US or Alameda, but I guess various like other assets might end up getting sold off for, uh, I don't know, to pay back, like to, you know. So she's admitted now that, that, they, that they used user funds and they started to do this. And, and she admitted now that they made a whole lot of illiquid investments. And now she's saying that Binance has Attica. come to the rescue cash the deal or to make the, you know, FTX preferred investors uh, some money or other things like that. Um, yeah, I guess like. Yeah, I mean, this then, is the CEO of a company yeah, that spent billions of dollars. What does this mean? I guess 
mostly I want to say, like, I'm sorry. Um, this really sucks. It really sucks for all of you guys. And it gets, like, really You've just blown up $7 billion of user funds. I'm sorry. This really sucks. Seriously? Not it gets better. It gets better. Fair to you guys. Like, I think you've been doing a great job. You've been working really hard. Doing good trades. And none of this is your fault, but kind of like ends up impacted by the situation anyway. I think uh, my current default plan is that Alameda will likely wind down once we can like repay all of our creditors and sort of wind down a bunch of our like whatever remaining obligations we have. Yeah, totally. Like, she realizes they've lost everything. Like, definitely she, she no knows pressure this at this for point. anyone to stick around. Uh, like, totally understood if you're like, I just like want to get out. Also, even if you're like uncertain or you are sitting around or whatever, like, definitely feel free to take a break. Like, go, like, whatever. Uh, I mean, you know, generally Bye. when you want to run a company, you need leadership. I mean, Caroline was the leader of FTA, of uh, Alameda, and she was one of the leaders of the whole group, you could pretty much say. Now, she's talking like a little kid. Cannot believe that we thought that these kids were these geniuses. I'm so disappointed in all of us because at the time, we all thought that these kids were actually geniuses. And I remember we all defended them. Like when they did these, these childish, semi-autistic things, we said to them, guys, like, like, this is what it means when you're so smart. But, I mean, now you, you look at this, it's crazy. Yeah, at the same time, do, like, super, super appreciate anyone who does want to stick around and help out during this, like, transition period. Um, like, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll be here. I'll be, like, we're just making sure that... Hey, if you want to help out, I'll appreciate predators it. ...predators get made whole and kind of doing whatever we can do, though it's, like, someone out of our control to make sure all the uh, FTX customers get made whole um, and don't end up losing their deposits. And yeah, I think there is a bunch of, you know, <laughs> work to do there. So definitely appreciate it if anyone does want to help out. Yeah, and then I guess for people who do stick around, I think it's, like, possible that there might be some kind of future thing. I don't know what that thing would look like. If that would be like an, another trading thing or like a, maybe people will like XUS or maybe there won't be anything. Um, so I think it's like, yeah. It's like, yeah. It's definitely yeah, too like, early yeah. to know what I or anyone else will end up doing after this. Uh, yeah, really, uh, really appreciate all of your guys' like hard work uh, and dedication in the last few days. In general, no. Um, yeah, I think it's largely out of our hands, but I do think, I think like repaying all of our creditors and making sure like, I don't know, like is probably like good just because like, I don't know, what it seems it like going into bankruptcy, that's like bad. I don't know. I, and yeah, generally also like, uh, like kind of just like, you know, gathering the rest of our assets and trying to like kind of freeze up as much capital as we can. Um, like kind of the more extra capital we have in Alameda, the more capital. Can you say how big the hole is? 
Well, now listen, uh, how big is the hole? I probably just want to share the exact yeah, number, okay. but it's a. Uh, is it closer to like one bill or six bill? Uh, or <laughs> <laughs> one billion. I don't really know. I said seventy percent earlier. My parents said forty percent. Yeah, I'm kind of like, I don't know. By default, I sort of like expect me to like behave very like whatever zero sum, just like trying to fuck us over ways, like whatever, making us sign this deal, and then that's like stupidly clause, and then. She's trying to make them uh, look good. She's trying to make them look good and CZ look bad if a deal didn't go through. Now we know that the deal didn't go through because the hole was much bigger and it failed in the due diligence. That's what actually happened. So other people on the team? Sorry, what? Can you send a link out on general chat? Oh, yeah. Oh, is there not a link in yeah. chat? Oh, uh, I'll do that. <laughs> LOI that FTX and Binance side has an exclusivity clause. So mm -hmm. FTX can't consider any other offers for the next, like, Two months or something. Uh, yeah, or until then. So you saw that. What I what you the, said is the that price is like when they agreed with CZ, FTX couldn't couldn't sign easy. any is other it, offers for or couldn't get into any other offers for a period of three months. That's quite important because they were locked. It was a, a Chad move from CZ to lock them and say, look, if 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 you do a deal with Binance, you can't go and look for, for money from anywhere else. Due diligence, basically, like five, four times. We gonna say anything publicly. Like Alameda? As, either as Alameda or FTX as to like what happened. Because uh, uh, like, like, I think a lot of people's assumption is that we just can't blow the money away. Mm -hmm. Which I feel like would be logical. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm not sure what FTX is like or plan with statements. Cause they probably want to like see if they can get the deal with finance done first before like making public statements. Yet, uh, I think uh, definitely not playing that far ahead. Uh, I think like probably going to take at least like a. Oh, I still think you're muted. Oh, oh, sorry. It's just oh, it's enough people get. I don't know if you can hear what is being said. It was fine before. Oh. I think it's still up in the air what the rest will go towards, like sort of by default, I guess, owned by, um, I think like, or including like hood, not that liquid, but. It's what, 400, 500? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think they're like kind of taking out loans. Was there like a plan to eventually like pay this? Suppose this didn't happen, right? Like, mm -hmm. was there in the roadmap of like, oh, when are we going to actually like try to like pay this back and like make FTX like users not fucked? Did this happen? Mm -hmm. or, like, Great question. Like, yeah. like, like, did you guys, did you guys actually have a plan? Did you actually have a plan to repay users or were you going to continue? He used the word fucked. He said like, is there a, 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 was there a plan to unfuck the users basically? That's what he's, he's saying here. Yeah. Basically FTX was trying to raise in order to do this. But yeah, after the crash, no one wanted to invest. And question of like, should you try raising like big, like, like a you know, at a deeply like discounted valuation, or would that just you know make people get more or something? But obviously, in retrospect, the plan of wait around for several months and like for the market environment to get better and then raise did not work out. So we're gonna the, what they were gonna do was yeah. they were gonna keep stealing users' funds and then go and raise more cash. They were losing money on their trades. They were losing money in the bull market. Get that. 
and then they were going to 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 raise more money so that they can continue to steal from the from the users. Yeah, I, I think there's some there's some hope that if we kind of like end up with enough assets, like some voting, so that FTX equity holders end up getting something to steal. But what type of legal stuff is going to like come out of this? I imagine like you know. There's several people in this very place, like potentially yourself, which I hope wasn't the case, but you know. Um, yeah, I think I feel like I don't have a very good detailed answer right now. Like, yeah, we've heard a bunch of to start working on it. And so, I mean, Oops. I think it's, I think the overall answer is like, I don't know, if the Binance deal goes through and all users get paid back, then there won't really be any people with like grievances or something uh, that doesn't happen. There will be like more people with grievances. So you get that. So that's, you're saying like, you know, you guys have been doing illegal shit. What, what do you think is going to happen? Well, she said, look, if the Binance deal goes through, then probably we're not going to get sued because people aren't going to be crossless. But if the Binance deal doesn't go through, well, basically now all hell's broken loose. And that's exactly what happened. But this was before they knew that. Yeah, I saw I if I feel like comfortable taking a strong stance on that or something, then yeah, <laughs> uh, feel free to talk to your own counsel. Or, uh, well, I think, e I mean, either way, our lenders are going to call all of our loans, so we do have to like kind of wind out all. Um, then it goes into basically a bankruptcy process. I think the like the hope for outcome would be that some like unfortunate like is it just that the price went down? The loans that we had collateralized back people learn. I mean, I think that's true, but I think that like that was actually not a huge factor, and that like the loans we have were like the biggest factor is the fact that loan we have from FTX, yeah. right? And was that collateralized by? Was that like basically officially done through this spot margin book, or is there some like extra thing that kind of powered that? It was yeah, it was not through the normal spot margin. Oh, that seems pretty good. So she admits that, that the well, loans were not normal loans. I know that it answers questions, but I give us an idea of what the rule is. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think like FTX equity. There was like the FTX equity that we bought back from Binance, and then also that was bill. Yeah, and then also some other FTX equity. That GDA, which is this mining company. Anthropic, which is an AI lab, K5, which is like people who talk to celebrities. How much, like it. How much is all this cost? GDA is a billion. Anthropic is 500. K5 is 300. Uh, uh, BlockFi was like almost nothing. Voyager. Oh, yeah. Voyager was like probably 100 or 200. I mean, they're talking about, j j get this, they're talking about hundreds of millions of dollars and billions of dollars in user fans. And then the way they're talking about it is like, yeah, it's like a billion, 500, 100 million. What's wrong with these people? The deal goes down on Binance, so all those companies are done. No, so those are not part of the Binance deal by default. We might end up trying to like either sell some of the... Like, so Binance was never going to buy Alameda. Like, it doesn't necessarily make sense for them to all be like... Only the, the exchange. Deal, like, oh, yeah, that's it. So. Wait, wouldn't that be more of a reason though for... Uh, and I think it's like you can only effectively leverage FTX US. Does this all like start with like a tweet where Sam was like, oh, since he like isn't allowed? No. I have no idea. <laughs> 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 and I think you should shed some light on this. So. 
Yeah, so looking back, do you think that like what what happened like is something that lower point? I don't like, think there was a great way to prevent it. Like, oh no, okay, it's probably not inevitable at any point. It was definitely quite preventable like a year ago. Um, I guess I'm, I'm saying more like I guess like recently like if you know a balance sheet. Yeah, I think it's. I mean, yeah, I think it's definitely possible that it wasn't like this was like a random like crazy. It's true, like Sam thinks it was like simply I don't know. I mean, uh, we sent it to like a bunch of people, so. Were you aware that like this was going to be an issue? Like. That the like FTX, whatever user positive yeah. thing, or like the the more recent, or like the actions being like a run on FTX? Uh, all the above. I'm sure there are different timelines, so you became aware of each thing, but like, mm -hmm. you know, I'm interested in all the answers. Yeah, I think I like sticking up that well on it. Um, so we uh, who who else was like aware of this? I mean, I'm guessing you and Sam certainly were. Like, okay, I'm this is important. Who and Sam were aware of it? Who else was aware of uh, it? Yeah, I'm not even sure if I know. I mean, I sort of feel like to an extent you can like piece it together if you like looked at like Pointer or like looked at like some spreadsheets for a bit or something. So it was like sort of possible for a lot of people to be aware of it. But I guess that most people were. I mean, like more like explicitly aware, as in like told like this is what we're doing. Like, in terms of like meetings that were had, I'm sure like this wasn't just a YOLO thing, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess I I talked about it with like, I don't know what the plan is. Uh, probably, I kind of assume that if you know CZ does take it over, yeah, I don't think they know the plan. Like FTX, like basically always allowed. Did we have the poisoning on overdose? We did most of the time in practice, I think, just because. Did Alameda have the ability to touch user funds without getting approval from FTX each time? Uh, I, think, I think basically the structure was that like Alameda, like kind of go negative, makes sense that, I don't know, some people would want equity and other people would want like a token. They sort of served. So Alameda didn't need FTX's permission um, to take user funds. Liquid, like a, and it's like they could just take whatever they wanted. You could stake it and get rewards or something. And, and for like legit official like ownership thing. Logistically, like if we stay on to help Alameda transition, like when we out of this office, like are we? Uh, yeah, I think, stuff, like, yeah, I think nothing stuff. is. Yeah, nothing is changing for now. Like yeah, we're out of this office. Did Alameda take any steps like other than sort of wait and see to like proactively start winding down as the problems started mounting, or were we kind of putting all our chips on market conditions just improving? Um, Great question. And they mounted in like May and June, and then we're sort of flat, and then like she came out, and then like a spiral. So like once the whatever once balance sheet came out, there was not very much time after that. Uh, right. In but... terms of like yeah, after like May and June, um, we did like kind of hedge more of our turned out to actually be bad. Well, I don't know. I guess being that like oh, if crypto goes down, then we're more likely to have like. Withdrawal, but then in fact, it didn't go down. But then we had to run I joined a little bit late, so sorry. This question has already been asked earlier. But is there anything being done for employees who kept funds in their employee accounts? Um, yeah, I'm gonna guess not. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't say there's zero chance. Like, I think there is some chance that that could make sense. I just kind of like. I think it's like not the default outcome, so I don't want to like kind of 
have people like assume that that will be the case. Yeah, I mean, let's say if nothing else, we should probably change the name. I feel like, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, reputation right right now. Unbelievable. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, you're not an elf. I, uh, I'm an elf. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Alameda, I feel like maybe you should just never say anything publicly again and hope people forget about us in time. Hope uh, people forget about us in time. Sam, Maria X, I imagine, like, yeah, I'm guessing they will make, like, more of a, I mean, just because they, like, haven't said that much publicly yet, I'm guessing they will make more of a public statement at some point. Uh, I don't know how detailed that will end up getting. Are we expecting the details of... Yeah, not sure. I mean, I guess Michael Lewis is writing a book about it, so, you know, that sense. <laughs> Has CZ in the talks of the bailout agreement, like, indicated anything specific about Alameda? Like, he wants to look at Alameda's books, or he has this idea about Alameda, or the deal would only go through if Alameda did X, or anything like that, or is it strictly with FTX International? Uh, no, I think you've basically just been interested in FTX Internet. Yeah, I mean, I think it's like, I think mean, it doesn't even necessarily make sense for him to look into Alameda's books. I feel like he could just say, like, give me X dollars of cash and then figure out how to, like, generate that from Alameda's books or something. Like, if you've ever looked at Alameda's books, they're... It's an actual plan to continue. Huh? Yeah, I guess it is, like, I think they would like to kind of resume withdrawals and get back to normal as soon as possible. Can't really do that until they get the money from Binance. Um, I haven't really been paying attention to this, my impression, from just like glancing at Phil's summary sometimes. Part of helping Alameda wind down or like that, uh, Alameda obviously had a mandate to help lots of liquidity on FTX. That's still going to be like a big part of like, As an example, today we got like a lot of bad BLP bills. Uh, yeah, that's a good question. I don't really know what the. So listen, that's the that's the nature of it. I mean, because, I mean, the rest of it gets a little bit boring. I must be honest, but I mean, that's the nature of it. A lot of it's super incriminating. These people had no fucking idea what they were doing. They had no respect for money, our customer money. They were they had zero respect. Absolutely mind-boggling what she did. Let me know what you think. Let me know what, what, what's the what's the gig if I must keep the the beard or not. Okay, 60% so we keep the beard, we keep the beard. All right, so listen, number one is I'm going to be going live on this channel, not on the other channel sometime this week. So start subscribing to this channel, otherwise you're going to miss it. You're not going to get the notification. Subscribe and hit the notification. Number two, I'll keep the beard because you guys said keep the beard. Number three, Sheldino's not going to be here for a few days. Um, shame, his godson, who was two years old, passed away. Um, very, very sad. Very, like, he was diagnosed with leukemia less than two weeks ago, and um, and his godson was 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 you know he passed away t- two days ago. So send him some love when you guys, uh, if you guys do interact with him, just send send Sheldino some love. Um, shame, I really, I'm really hurting for him. A two year old baby, that's absolutely crazy. Um, let's go and look at our bets. Remember, we took some bets on BetSwap. Didn't actually go so well. So I bet on Ireland beating New Zealand in the World Cup rugby. Ireland lost. I bet on uh, Wales beating Argentina. I think Wales also lost. So I've still got two bets. I've got Fiji, England. I put money on England. And I've got South Africa, France. And I had to put money on South Africa because I'm South African. So hopefully, hopefully we'll make all the money back on, on bet swaps. If you want to go and take bets on the World Cup, um, I think they also had bets on the Logan Paul fight, which Logan Paul won, right? Yeah, Logan Paul, Logan Paul won. Thank God. Um, uh, 
they also had bets here. So if you want to go and bet, go and, che- go and check it out. Um, go bet using your crypto. Otherwise, listen, I want you guys to get us to, uh, we're nearly there, 74,725 subscribers. Let's even get to 75,000 subs. Um, let's do some q and I've got a few, a few more minutes. Poor Sheldon. Yeah, it's, it was terrible. It was, it was terrible. We, actually, Sheldon and I were going to fly the baby down to Cape Town to get into a better hospital. But by the time we wanted to, it was too late. We, we, we said we'd help the family and we'd, we'd fly them down, but it just didn't work. Um, anyway, so Sheldon is going to be off. Dylan's going to be doing the shows with, with us. Um, yeah, someone says, let's headbutt the sub button. No, that's chaos. Chaos, my friend. Thank you. And uh, I think thanks for all the Lord's work that you're doing in the Telegram chat, uh, keeping this Telegram chat clean. Remember, if you want to join Kyle's whale school, we'd, I'm dropping the link. As soon as the link's available, I'm dropping the link tomorrow morning. So uh, go to my Twitter. That's the pinned tweet on my Twitter at CryptoManRan. Um, and yeah, um, uh, you can join, you'll join the Telegram group. And then how it works is, so you, you, I've only got 500 spaces. There's 1,240 members, but some members drop out. So you could actually still get in. You, you could actually still get in. It's not too late. It's not too late. Um, all right, guys, I will see you guys again tomorrow. Uh, nice to hang out with you guys on a Sunday. Um, until then, trade well, my friends.